know that love fluctuate and that hate will fluctuate. You gon' question who you trust when that paper fluctuate. Know they love fluctuate and they hate is fluctuate. They question who you trust when they paper Good morning, fluctuate. good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to another episode of the Shoot Your Shot Podcast. I am your host, C. Diddy, a.k.a. Kyrie Turbin, a.k.a. Diddy Hendricks, a.k.a. Diddy Quarantino, a.k.a. NBA Youngboy, a.k.a. Oliver Pope, because you know I'm a nigga, a.k.a. AKA Frugal Vandross, AKA uh, Diddy St. Nicholas, um, AKA we don't really give a fuck about Thanksgiving over here. Um, so it's, 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 it's Christmas season, AKA Mariah Carey is cashing out as we speak, AKA him still over there. And on the hotline is my wonderful and gracious co-host as always. Hey y'all, it's your girl Allie Nicole, aka your favorite little shit talker, aka that bald headed badass, aka actually no, I lied. You that are just a liar. Was, I'm a liar. I got 28 inches and not on her rims. Bed. No, you got 28 <laughs> inches and not on the rims. Aka bad bitch, ass fat. 20 injury hair down on her back. Uh, listen, I fuck up the lyrics. Mrs. Don't Know the Words, aka The Grinch Who Stole Christmas, aka Christmas Time is Here, aka I Want My Milk and Fucking Cookies, sure. aka That Little <laughs> Baby Who's Tired of Talking Already. Calvin, <laughs> how are you? Um, shout out to it officially being why ain't that baby got nothing on his head, season. Bitch, it's brick as fuck outside. Man, I listen. I woke up this morning and I saw the temperature was at a, a smooth uh, Stephen Curry 30 degrees. I was like, oh, hell no. See, the problem is. This is why I got a little cold now. Not a pro- cold. My allergies changed. <laughs> See what I'm saying, bro? My allergies been kicking my ass. What you don't know is that she made that sneeze happen on demand. No, um, bitch. Come on, Calvin. <laughs> the, the problem is, is that me and you have lived in Ohio or a cold weather state for the majority of our life, and yet every time it starts to feel a little bit winter, we feel betrayed. Like this is our first time around. Uh, it just, just, man, it's just. I hope the niggas who wanted fall weather so they could start dressing really be out here dressing. I hope that y'all put on all the fits and y'all better take all the pictures because this shit is for the birds. I am not a cold. I'm not a cold weather person anyway. I'm just going to be honest. Like cold weather has never been my shit. Never been my thing. I don't like it. Um, And it's not even because like, oh, I just like dressing like a hoochie mama. I'm going to do that shit anyway. Like, I'm yeah. Like, I'm going to show some ass and titties if that's what the fuck I feel like doing. But Honestly, I'm just uncomfortable when I'm cold. I just don't like it. I cannot get comfortable when I'm cold. Cannot. There are some people who love cold weather. Like, my boyfriend loves this shit. He says this is perfect running weather. I'd go running in this. I said, and I bet the fuck he would. So, like, the reason why he says that is because... I wanted to tell him to sit his ass down so bad. Ma'am, I'm not going to speak ill about that man at all. But anyway, the reason why... He says that is because colder air is thinner, and if you and for those, and if you run in thinner air, it actually it forces your leg, let lungs 
to work harder. Um, so it gives you more of a workout. It's the same reason that a lot of these athletes, if they're you know training in the Olympics or whatever, they go to like Colorado Springs or Denver because the altitude is higher, the air is thinner. So so you 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 get a better cardiovascular workout. So when you come down to work on sea level or do your work, whatever on sea level, you got like some some more lungs. So that's the reason why he says that. Do I do I agree with him? Fuck no, because I just don't understand. See, I don't understand making myself miserable on purpose, right? And I think that's part of the reason that that stops me from like working out as frequently as I need to, or like even like because if it's going, if I know this is going to make me miserable, I have a hard time convincing myself that I should do it for the greater good. Right, like it's, I just, it's just ooh, you better mm. say. Now, listen, that is the part of my selfish that's always going to step. You have to convince me that making myself deliberately uncomfortable is is for the like benefits the greater good. Because I'm gonna show be like, why? Sometimes I'm just not gonna give a flying fuck. And then mm-hmm. when I tell you something, you don't. Nobody convinces me to do shit. Like you, honestly, if I want to do something, that's why I'm so nonchalant about plans. If I didn't want to go, I just wouldn't go. Like that's just how that is. But What's nuts is that my friends will, will plan shit, and I'll be like, I don't care. I don't care. I, I just don't put no more thought into that. But the selfish part of me, if I'm really not trying to do no shit, I, there is nothing you can say. There is nothing you can say to me. I'm not fucking doing it. Like, no. <laughs> Funny story. My, my twin, she was just, she was freshly, postpartum and shit. She had just had my nephew. And she, if you know my twin, she could be a prickly little bitch sometimes. She can't. Like, just, woo. But that's siblings in general. Like, your siblings know what the fuck to say out of their mouths. They, you know that fucking well, button. Uh, but pe- but pe- the people who love you the most know exactly what they're saying. Maybe you know you. exactly what the fuck to say out of your mouth to get my, like, literally to make my blood broil. So she was postpartum. I was trying to be patient. Like, I'll be real. I've always had a soft spot for pregnant women and, like, women postpartum because I am. And of course, my son is older than her. So I, I was pregnant for her. And so I understood exactly what she was going through. And that's my twin sister. Like, baby, I, I get it. Like, I feel you in a way that only a couple amount of people understand. But she said some shit to me. <laughs> it's a proval point. She got out the car. It was just me and her. I was taking this to the grocery store. She got out the fucking car and she just got done saying some slick shit out of her mouth. Baby, do you know I left her in the parking lot? <laughs> <laughs> oh man Woo! and she went inside went grocery shopping mind you i was just down the street but i had to prove a point <laughs> like bitch i had to prove a point i was coming to get her y'all i wasn't gonna leave her but she said some crazy ass shit to me and i was like bro i'm out i think this is the same thing <laughs> oh man like just just did the race on her like skirt skirt <laughs> yeah but like this is the same thing this is the exact same thing like sometimes, yeah. Whew. Anyway, Calvin, how's your week been? You know what? We've had a good week, man. We've had a long week, but we've had a good week. Um, and I think so. First and foremost, want to make sure you know what I'm saying. Give a shout out to a friend of the show, KB, on to celebrate his his G day this past weekend, man. You know what I'm saying? We I was I was able to you know spend that with you. Happy, I'm happy for you. You know, you know, you know the Shoot Your Shot podcast take birthdays super serious because we we want to make sure people feel valued on their day um, on that one. But um, it was it's been a long week, so as you know, as as I've as I've verbalized, talked about here on this platform many times, I'm not only working 
technically two jobs and also going mm-hmm. to school. But also, I was I was a, a third job, so in quote unquote, and then they paid me, but it wasn't a full time gig. Was being the communications director, social media manager for a city council candidate um, by the name of Reggie Harris. I try to keep that. I try to keep that little bit on on wraps because I didn't want y'all equating whatever ratchetness that you equate to me to him. You know what I'm saying? I didn't want to sully his good name with any bullshit that I may have said or on this here platform. But yesterday, so recording yesterday um, was election day and. Cincinnati had its elections, and for those who are in the city and those who are in the know, we know the Cincinnati City Council has gone through a lot of negative publicity in the last 18 months to two years, right, where multiple mm-hmm. council members have been suspended or for, for corruption, for taking money, doing everything like that. And so my, my, person, my person just was six months or six years, excuse me, in Cincinnati from South Side of Chicago. So I say all that to say that we got we got the first openly gay black man on city council yesterday. Um, yes, congratulations. We, we 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 finished third out of you know out of everyone who ran. Like there's a total of 35 uh, candidates that that put their name in the ballot. You know what I'm saying? For, because city council, at least in Cincinnati, is a very nonpartisan thing. You could any morning can run as long as you get enough signatures on your um petition, you good. So my my guy finished third, um, less than a thousand votes behind the went, you know, the leader, and only but both people who finished ahead of him were incumbents running for re-election. Right. So so he was the first the first leader among non-incumbents, um, finished very strong. And also we were making history. Like Cincinnati is a very much a uh a city that's hard to break into for outsiders, man. Like everybody, like everybody said it. And for someone who's who'd been in the city for six years, who didn't have a, who didn't ha- go to a high school in the city to be able to make that happen, and also for the first openly gay black man to be elected to city council, like openly gay, like we sent out mailers with him and his husband on it, like that type of openly gay. Like it's it it, it was it was a good thing. It was a good feeling. It's a good feeling because. All the lo- the hard work I've talked to you about, like the, some exactly. of the frustrations I had, I was, I was like, "Man, I don't want to do this shit." Like, yeah, uh, there sometimes you was tired. You know what I'm saying? But just understanding that, like, not only was it worth it, but we blew like expectations out of the water. You know what I mean? Like, for a first time candidate and and seeing and having the the councilman elect and having everybody kind of recognize my contributions. Um, you know, definitely made me feel good. It was it was, it was recognition and validation for the work that we put in. Inside. So, you know, I can be Oscar the Grout sometimes, but I can also understand that this is a good thing. This is objectively a good thing. I'm super happy for him. Super happy for him. And, and he has the ability. I know we don't talk about politics too much, but he has the ability to really enact some change. And because he has, some, I wouldn't put my name behind if he didn't have some good ass ideas to be able right. to to do right. some things here. So that that was the summary of my week, friend. Is is we 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 got some shit done. Um, congratulations, Calvin. Like we did again. Happy birthday, KB. It was cool. It was cool to see. You. It was cool to hang out. Like cool to like. Honestly, it feels good to get back to my friends. Like it does. It really does. So yeah. And then like congrats again. Congratulations on this. Like you put a lot of work into this. Like this was something that I I definitely got a chance to watch you grow into and like become something different and grow into yourself a little bit more with this. Like this stretched you a little bit. So. 
it was cool watching that. And it was also cool just watching like it come all come full circle. So I'm proud of you, friend. For sure, for sure. You know what I'm saying? I think, I think because, yeah, like, so, I try to, I have a weird relationship with the word humble. Can, can I talk about that for a minute? Yeah. Um, because we're always telling each other and we're always telling people like, make sure you stay humble, make sure you stay grounded. And I, and I, and I respect that, but it's also like, sometimes you got to talk your shit and I don't feel like, I feel like it's not me not being humble if I'm saying shit that actually happened, but I'm actually doing. And so I try to, I try to, I I wrestle with that because I don't ever want to come off of this arrogant person who thinks their shit doesn't think, but no, like there's real, there's real life things that I'm out here doing, but I'm out here achieving, out here ac- accomplishing. But if I speak on it, that's not me flexing or not being humble. <laughs> it's like, no, I'm, 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 I'm telling you what's happening here. Like me telling you that I, I'm working two jobs and doing and going to grad school and had time to do this. It sounds like a flex, but it's no. This is real life. What I'm doing here. I'm not doing this for like the flex on niggas because we all have our different mo- our missions and our different moments. But like this is real life shit. Like people ask me what I was going like. That I finally have a chance to breathe. I'm like, I mean, I still have two jobs in grad school, so a little bit. Like, but it's just, you know, trying I struggle with that because I think as a culture, we 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 find joy in knocking people down a peg. Would you agree with that? Um I think that's you know what? How do I say this? Because I can see both like sides and that's why I struggle with it. Cause I like you know what I'm saying? Like because sometimes yeah, like if you're doing good shit, I hate, how do I say this? I hate when people make it seem like you shouldn't be proud of the fact that you're doing all right. Like one foot is finally stepping in front of the other and it feels secure and it feels like you finally got yourself. And as somebody who kind of knows what it feels like for the carpet to like literally a rug to be swept from underneath her a couple different times, it sucks when you feel like you're literally about to land on your ass. And sometimes you do. And to be honest with you, sometimes the majority of times you don't. It just feels mighty close. So, yeah, sometimes it feels good to hold your head up a little high and walk with a bounce. Like, it feels good to know that, you know what, my nigga, I'm kind of doing this shit right now. Like, I'm kind of nailing this shit to the cross, if we being yeah. real. And, like, so, and I, I speak on it from knowing where I was in March, right? Like, where, like, we talked about it on on this platform after we talked about it off this platform, nigga. Like, I was, I was not in school. I just got let go of my from my job unexpectedly. Like, it wasn't like a planned thing. It was like, nigga, they call you in. It's like, hey, big dog, we gonna, you know, what I'm saying, go ahead, uh, log out for me real quick. Like, oh, yeah, like pretty much. And like, so you and your purse, the lobby. <laughs> you know, what I'm saying like, drop drop off the laptop by by, by the afternoon, my nigga. You you all right? You good? Uh, but just so like from from where I was to where I am, like man, like I, it shouldn't it shouldn't feel arrogant for me to say I busted my fucking ass <laughs> to try to get back into a place where I needed to get back to, like financially, physically, emotionally, mentally, all of that. Like I should be able to say I busted my fucking ass to try to get back here without somebody saying, oh, he he need to be a little more humble. Like man, fuck that. No, like think I didn't think I was gonna see November. <laughs> March, I think that there's a thin line between, I think, when people talk about humility, right? And it's this is so rich coming from me. This is rich. <laughs> this is rich. Pot calling the kettle black. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's a lot of, like, hey, like, the Spider-Man meme between me and, like, my conscience. Like, it's happening right now. Like, we're pointing at each other. But 
I think that there's a thin line between finally being, how do I say this? When you spend so much time being sub, self-conscious about the things that you're actually excelling about, it does take something away from you a little bit. Like it chips away. So when you feel like that chip has kind of been restored, like you kind of got like your missing piece back, you kind of got the pep in your step back. It feels good to show up as your complete self because you got all your, all your shit is hitting eight cylinders right now. Like shit is making complete sense. I got it. So yeah, you're used to my car having that little squeak or that little, that little tick, 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 tick. Like you're used to like my brakes squeaking a little bit. Like you're used to something being wrong with my ride. And now that my shit is humming, you're not used to what it looks like running at full capacity. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be honest with you, because sometimes people don't always see that part of things. Like, they don't see what it looks like when you are all right. You know what I mean? This is the first time, for a lot of people, this is the first time people seeing you in a space where shit's cool. Life is grand. This is who I am when I feel secure. When I, when I got a rhythm and a pattern and my life is making sense. There's some people, and it's unfortunate, there are some people who are not going to understand what it looks like when you're happy. Because unfortunately, they may not have been blessed with that version of and Go ahead. Go ahead. the sad part about it is there are some people who are going to misunderstand it. They're going to misunderstand it as arrogant or feeling yourself because they're used to being able to treat you how they wanted to when they didn't know what this part of you looked like. So it's not necessarily your fault. No, it's not necessarily their fault because they don't, they don't know what they don't understand. But if you see that somebody's not maybe showing up as their best self, why would you pick that time to be the most critical of them? And I think that sometimes we could stand to, I'm going to say this like carefully, but watch our mouth. Because imagine what you would need to be treated like if there was a chink in your armor. And we not all, like, baby, there, it's not sunny days. Like, this is not Sesame Street. Like, there, there's going to be some times, like, there's going to be some times where your life doesn't make quite sense either, and you're going to want some patience, grace, and understanding. So offer it. So it's easy to give. That it's is true. To- that is very true, because it's like, there, we all have our moments where we need other people kind of to, to lean on, right? It's easier to offer that shoulder when, and it, it's human nature. I'm not even saying this is right or wrong. But if it's easier to offer a shoulder to someone who's offered a shoulder to you before, right? But if you if someone's giving you they ask to kiss, and, and, and when when you needed a shoulder, and then they ask for a shoulder, like you may still give it to them because you're just that good of a person. But you may but you may have a little more reservation, like mm, baby, I don't. And honestly, being a good person, baby, I didn't. I'm, I didn't sign up to be nobody's martyr, and I say that humbly. Sometimes, and it, it, it truly depends, like it truly, truly depends. Like this is, this is that gray area of life we hate talking about. But like, sometimes it depends if you got it like that with me. And in order to have it like that with me, you had to have given that. You can't make deposits at the bank account empty. You, know you can't make withdrawals. Like, no. Can't make withdrawals at the bank sometimes account empty, nigga. Like, there are some people like, they, we cool, like that's my nigga, but you ain't got it like that with me. There are some people who got it like that with me. I'm a ride. I get you. I you. I'm gonna always. You know what I'm saying? Like there are some people like I'm. I'm always gonna have you, and you know I'm always gonna have you. So yeah, you know for a fact that you can show your ass with me just a little bit more. Like you get a little bit more out of me than you should. That's when I tell you that list is short as fuck with me. Short. Hell nah. 
this very finite amount. Of, and what's crazy is that the people that know that I got it like that for them, they're very careful still how they show their ass. Because just because I'm going to be, I'm going to show grace with you is not going to, how am I saying this? I'm going to show grace with you, but I am going to let you know that I am showing grace because I want you to know you tried it. Let's not do that again. Let's not wear thin on that. It's it's similar, like just because, like just because you're a millionaire, right? Doesn't mean you you just have carte blanche to spend that money on stupid shit, right? Like even people, even people on Jeff Bezos' team, if Jeff Bezos decided, you know what, fuck it, I'm gonna buy a hundred elephants for no real reason, like people be like, okay, you got the money to do that, but like his accountant will, will holler at him, like, hey. You sure what about the fuck that? What are we doing? And yeah. the same thing. It's like it's it's cultural cachet. It's it's like hey, I because the, the the funny thing, the ironic thing is the people that we would be willing to show that grace to are often the people who don't ever really try to use that grace because they know better. I'm not saying they know better on some like scary shit, but they the people we often extend that grace to, we extend that grace because we know they would never abuse that grace. Right. So it's like everybody makes mistakes. So you know, you, you somebody down bad, somebody cut, somebody bleeds on you, and, and and you ain't cut them. You know what I'm saying? You 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 wipe yourself up. You tell a nigga watch out, but you don't you don't get to a fight with him because you know, hey, this is the first time this nigga fucked up in in years, my nigga. Like you know what? He was batting a thousand beforehand. Like this is this is this is his I am Sasha Fierce moment. We just go let him have that one. You know what I mean? And you and you keep it moving and, and bringing it kind of all the way back, like right. you know what I'm saying. I know I know where I was or where I am now are two different people, and I understand that some people who may have met me or experienced me when I was where I was in in them woods and in them darknesses. I understand that like there's some apologies that I need to give, right? Like sometimes, sometimes making it right with people is includes making it right with the people with, with people who who. Who may have met you at that work at at your worst and stuck around and they ain't deserve what you gave them, right? Like it's like, okay, cool. Like you met me in a point where I wasn't fully myself and you gave me grace. So I gotta make sure that I, I acknowledge that and I apologize to you for for that and we move forward. But also, at the same time, you you it, it's a it's a very sick thing, but you really notice you gotta take notice and take of of how people treat you when you when you down, right? Like cause cause it's like how do people treat you when you ain't got nothing to give them? It's, it's a very real thing in my head because it's like. And I think lot- that. Okay. So wait. I think that that's where the humility piece comes in at. Right. Mm-hmm. I know for a fact that I need you right now. Right. And you got me. I'm in a situation where I can't think myself out of. I kind of need your help. Right. And um, a lot of people equate this to money. Like, all right. I would never ask for what I can't give back, that mentality. You know what I'm saying? Like, that kind of shit, right? But sometimes you be, especially like, and I hate to be this person, but especially with some people in therapy. And there are a lot of side effects of therapy as most medical treatment has. <laughs> like, there are side effects to all this shit. Therapy is one of them. And sometimes the side effects of therapy is leaving therapy and needing to process what the fuck you just talked about in therapy. And sometimes you lean on people in a way that puts them in personal positions of your life that are heavy. Or you trust them in a way that, and I'm going to be honest, 
I think that there are things that you're entitled to to not ever tell anybody else about. Some shit genuinely needs to be between you and God. Absolutely. There are certain things that as much as I, I love my therapist, I will never talk about to even her. Because some conversations I think only me and the good Lord understand. She gets me. She sees me. She feels me. I know I'm not crazy when I sit at my altar and, and, I, and I talk to God. I know I'm not crazy. In that moment, I am trying to hear it out loud. Because sometimes we get in our own heads and shit be sounding real fucking sweet. And then you say that shit out loud, you be like, bro, you sound like a dumbass. <laughs> That's real. There's been plenty of times where like... like sometimes, sometimes you got to be your own best friend. Like, and I think that when we talk about self-care and self-love and, and loving yourself first, I think that's what it starts with. I think it starts with being real comfortable, understanding that you be sounding like shit sometimes. Like, you be like, and sometimes, I, I'm going to be real. When I'm in my house, I process things. I pro- I'm always thinking. I'm always in my head. And you know what I'm saying? When kiddo's not here, it gets real quiet. So sometimes I'm in my head. So whenever I need to think out loud, I will type, I, I love to write. I'm writing, I write all the time. I've been writing since I, I found writing when I was 14. Like, because I love to read. So. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so I found writing because words just make, printed words make so much sense to me. It's in black and white. Even if you, I say something, you didn't, verbally, if I say something, you didn't catch it, I got to repeat myself, it won't hit the same. It never does. But reading, I can reread something and it'll have the same effect. And I get to take it in so many different ways, dog. So many. I love a good book. Love a good book. But writing is how I found out, like, writing is how I found a voice. My, listen, I come from a loud, black-ass family. Black. Some niggas in the child. And as loud as I am, sometimes I could not get a word in edgewise. But I knew that if I left this conversation alone and I could write down exactly how I feel and you can revisit it, process it, maybe write me back, that'd be great. Sometimes I'll be real with you. With me and like, because me, woo, me as a teenager was hell. But um, I could always like talk to my mom. If I couldn't talk to her face to face, if I couldn't just process my words, if I couldn't figure out what the fuck I was trying to say, I could at least describe how I felt. And she was adult enough to get it because she's uh, an adult. But like <laughs> my mom could always just at least if I couldn't find the words to say, I always try to I could paint the picture at least. And I've just woo, writing saved my life. So whenever I need to get back into that space when I'm confused, like truly confused about some shit, I write it down. I spend like I give it the 24 hour rule and then I come back and I reread it when I'm like in a different headspace. And I'm like, Alex. You still feel that way. So that's, we'll give that some validity. And then sometimes I'll come back and be like, bitch, you were mad as fuck, huh? Okay, you were pissed. That had you fucked up. But this is how you create 2020 hindsight. And with a lot of therapy, I've given myself a lot more patience. Like, okay, Alex, you are hot-headed. You are naturally hot-headed. And I'm sensitive. So it doesn't take much. And then I'm going to take it to the swell. That, that's me. But what I have learned is that I can honor the fact that this just pissed me off, but I can also say, do I need to react right now? And that is the growth. That is the maturity. Like, that just pissed me off. 
But I'm not going to say a fucking word. I don't have to react right now. I can figure out why it pissed me off. And then I can figure out how I want to respond if I respond at all. You know what I mean? So a lot of that shit is just like, it's not that it doesn't bother me. Oh, I'm touched. Oh, yeah, you pissed me off. But I'm, I'm allowed to be mad. I'm not always allowed to react because I'm mad. And that's what we've learned. And so... On the other side of that, right, because I'm always a person, I'm always the type of person where if I did something wrong, like, and I can tell that you off a little bit, I would rather know now than later because if I, I would, I don't want to, if I care about you, I don't want to do this wrong thing again, not knowing that this thing pisses you off. There's some things that like, yeah, you know that, that something's going to piss you off. Like, if you eat the last of somebody's food and you don't replace it, yeah, that's some bullshit. Like, you know what I'm saying? There's some there's certain actions that you know, okay, that's some bullshit. But other things, I think people, again, you, you try to give people the benefit of the doubt until they don't, until they don't, right? Sometimes I didn't know that that was a trigger for you, right? I didn't know that that was something that, like, made you mad. And this is the great area, right? You know, so, so let me finish. So, so, so like, for me, like, I had to, I had to, I had to walk back my urge of, like, fam, if I did some. Let me know, cause I don't want to do it if 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 it made you mad, if and if I care about you, and and and, and then having that conversation was like I need to figure out if I'm tripping or not before I tell you, because if I tell you and then I come back like Ashley, I I, I was tripping, you know, or like just having that having but that push and pull, that push and pull as far as like the thing. that's the thing, right? So a few a few stops a few stops here. You can I rather you be honest if that's how you react, right? I'd rather you be honest in the moment and, and say how you feel if that's how you feel. And what's crazy is that you're allowed to say, you know what? I did some reflection and I kind of want to apologize for this because maybe I may, I may have misunderstood. And in the moment I was pissed off and I'm sorry for like the way I treated and handled the situation when I was upset, but I kind of see it differently now. And if you're open to a conversation, I would like to have, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. That's maturity. That's understanding. But that's what you do with people you care about. And I'll be yeah. honest with you. I'll be honest with you. I think some people, and, and like, how do I say this? I think some people have a hard time with letting go of relationships. So it takes one thing to make that thing the thing. And maybe that thing wasn't quite the biggest fucking deal. But it doesn't, just because it's not a big deal to me doesn't mean it's not a big deal to you. So you try to validate people's feelings. It's like, but if you drive around, it's hard. if you're driving around on a car that you know is on its last legs, right? Like, you know, like, your check engine light been going on for, for a minute. Like, it, every ride feels a little more bumpy. And you, and you say you've driven over a pothole, the same pothole that you've driven over for years in the, in, in the state of Ohio, because we know. All the cities got all the potholes. But that pothole on that day when your car is already on its last leg just fucks up everything, right? You mad it's, as fuck. You mad as fuck, but it's also it's like it, the pothole fucking it up isn't the cause, it's a symptom. And it's like maybe, you know what I'm saying, like whatever relationship that you had needed some straightening a long time ago, but we just, sometimes we, 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 ignore the, the need for straightening because we need the companionship, right? Like, it's a, it can be a lonely experience in this here world. So if you find someone that you're like, 
comfortable with. You try to do everything to keep that comfortability. Yeah, it also sucks rocking the boat that you with somebody that you you love. Like, let's be honest with you. The toughest conversations are probably the most necessary. Like that's that's honestly the God on the truth. Like the the toughest conversations are the ones that you know it's hard because you know what you're getting ready to say could potentially hurt somebody. And honestly, those conversations suck. Nobody wants to be the like nobody wants to be the cause of contention. Nobody. Because maybe the issue that you have wasn't the issue that I had and now you're bringing something to my attention that I just now I'm a, I felt oblivious of. So it makes you feel very self-conscious in your head about it. So it's hard not to be upset about that. Like, you know what I'm saying? But at the same time, baby, if that's how you're feeling and I'm your friend, you should at least know that I will respect you for coming to me. I will respect you for honoring me or trusting me with me with something that you needed to say to me that isn't the easiest. Like, dog, if that's your friend, trust them. If that's somebody you care about, Trust them to know that they will handle you with care. I think sometimes we have to stop moving with negative intent. Or 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 walking around with an umbrella and it's not even cloudy outside, right? Like it's like, and it's one of the things was like, if you always, again, um, in my management class, you know, it's a, it's a fancy ass way to talk about the self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Where pretty much they study, they study teams and they study, like if you give your team encouragement and you tell them like, nah, y'all can do this. Like, I believe that y'all can do this. Y'all have the, the keys necessary to be able to knock this shit out. Y'all good. And if you tell a, a, a different team made up of the same people, like, man, this might be a little out y'all, out y'all depth. This might be a little too hard for y'all. I don't know about it. They will fulfill whatever philosophy that you told them. Like if you tell them that they can do the shit, that they can make it work, that they can figure it out. More often than not, they'll figure it out and make it work because you've instilled in them that belief that they can handle the shit. And the vice versa is true. The same also applies to everything that we talk about in, in, in non-business interpersonal relationships. If I'm always moving with you, like I feel like you're not going to be able to understand me or you're not going to understand where I'm coming from. Eventually, I'm, I'm walking that into, I'm speaking that into reality. But if I move with you like, hey, man, like I believe that we're close enough that I can say this to you. And I may not be able to wordsmith it the way I need to, but you understand what I'm coming from. They'll, that works as well. Like it's it's just you have we have to. Or is we it have to give people with yourself. Like, we have right? to give people the chance to show who they are to us. Also, but I think that that's the part of trust in like relationships. We don't always take it. We don't. We kind of take for granted, right? Because even when you know that there's a like, for instance. Me and my man have had to have some very tough conversations lately, and I have not liked everything he's had to say to me. I have not. I have not. Honestly, some of that shit pissed me clean the fuck off. Clean. Clean. <laughs> but if I... Because so what we just talked about was like, yeah, I was talking about myself. But because <laughs> sometimes, woo, shit. This is hard. I have to trust and believe for the first time in a very long time I have to trust and believe that I can bring this to his attention, my feelings, my sentiments, like what's eating me, right? Like I have to be able to say, okay, I can bring this to you and I can trust you with it and just this shit won't break us. And transparently, like real nigga shit, I've never been in a relationship where I can bring you an issue, bring a man an issue that I'm having emotionally and not feel like this is going to be the end. Oh, yeah. But yeah, like, when I tell you I had to swallow that shit, because 
I'm not going to lie. In every relationship I've been in, something I was getting ready to say was getting ready to be the end of our relationship. Like, because clearly, in order for me to be in my current relationship, the last one ended, right? Well, you hope so. You would think, right? Like, you would think, right? But, like, so when I bring this shit to my man, I went in with a different mindset. Like, this won't break us. Not in a million years. I can bring this to him. I can trust him with it. And that he's going to make sure that I am honored. No matter what. No matter what. Right? And the conversation was rough. It was rough. It, it took us a minute. It took us a minute. But I had to trust him to know that he got it. He got me. He's going to understand. And luckily for me, I got a man who's extremely patient. One of us has to be. <laughs> Woo! One of us has to be. So, like, he took time to understand where I was coming from because he did not agree with me immediately. It hurt my feelings because everything hurts my fucking feelings. But... I it made me realize that I have somebody who's always going to reach for understanding first. Excuse me, and I didn't realize how much I needed that. I was talking with Beloved, and I think, you know what I'm saying, one thing that, that stuck out to me was disagreements don't always have to become arguments, right? Like, because I was a lot like you. I was always, I just always was walking on, like, not eggshells with, with her specifically, but I always, I was conditioned that, like, if I bring up something that's not, that I'm not 100% fucking with, that's going to turn into a huge argument. Because in my past, in my experience, that's, all, that's, how, I, that's how I played out, right? Some of the kind of what you was talking about. But, like, having to understand that, like, with, with somebody who is, committed to understanding you right disagreements don't have to turn into arguments and arguments don't have to turn into full-blown knockdown drag out fights right like we can always stop it one level short of where it could go because at the end of the day we're we're still working towards a common goal which is understanding each other and making sure that each other feels safe secure in this in in this partnership um and so that stuck out because it was like, yeah, like you, she's like, you do know you can bring something up to me and, and it's not going to automatically turn into an argument, right? I was like, right. you would have thought someone just broke down with a bitchy code to me. I was like, what? Nigga, that's because crazy. Because it's crazy when you realize how insecure you were in some previous relationships. Like, dog, it's crazy when you're treated like, not that even trying to hype it, but being treated with respect. Like, it's, how do I say this? Being treated exactly how you would treat other people is the most foreign concept sometimes to me. Like, because you expect people, and it's a thin line between expecting people to show up in their capacity and then expecting people to show up in yours. And I don't think that we're, I know for a fact I'm not all the time. I'm not as honest as how shortchanged I feel by that sometimes. Like, damn, my nigga, sometimes I need you to have me exactly how I have you. and. You you in discernment and maturity is understanding who you could have that standard with and who you can't. So you and it's walking that thin line of expectations and disappointment because let's be real, not everybody's gonna learn how to show up for you a hundred percent of you all the time. Like sometimes you can be like, you know what, my nigga, I just gotta applaud the effort. I see what you was going for, and I'm grateful. I'm grateful for that. But like. Yeah, sometimes you do want to be met on your terms, and I don't think anything's wrong with that. Not everything, though. Like, come on, we're grown. But yeah, like, 
sometimes it feels good for some nigga to be like, you know what? That thing that I know that you like that you always do for me, I'm doing it for you because I know you enjoy it as much as I do. Like, yeah, sometimes just it it it's cool to be loved in your love language. I think that's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, being, like yeah, definitely. You gotta you gotta love you gotta love people who you are where they are, not where you want them to be, right? Like I think that's and that, having a, lot, a partner that gets that is amazing. Like having a partner that gets that is dope as fuck. Dope as fuck. Like you be falling in love with people. Like you know what? Perfect segue, right? Because I was having a conversation with somebody, mm-hmm. and this this girl, she was talking to me, and she was like, she was talking. No, my bad. I blanked. <laughs> anyway, I'm tired, y'all. <laughs> but I'm tired as fuck. But. She was talking to me about how, like, this guy, like, we all experience the thing with, like, the guy being your DMs and you never respond, but that nigga just always consistent. Consistent as fuck. You know what I'm saying? Like, he answered, he'll DM you more than your nigga will. Like, bro, like, that nigga. And you don't respond, you pay his ass dust. And you know for a fact you do any fucking thing, he's going to react to it. But she was telling me a story about that nigga, how she, like, tried to give him a little bit of conversation, but it just didn't go nowhere. And, like, and I was just like, okay. So she was just like, I mean, the pressure was just off. Like, the pressure was just off. And I'm like, all right, well, sis, like, you didn't reciprocate. So how could you really gauge the pressure? Like, that's not pressure. So she was just like, well, he was applying pressure. I just didn't like it. I said, so that's not pressure. Oh, boy. So, you, know, you know it's bad when you're saying things I would say. Yeah, I'm like, so, okay, so, like, you didn't like what he was doing. She's like, no, well, I just, she's like, I like what he was doing. I just didn't like the way he was doing it. I said, so, did you say that? Like, she was like, well, no. no. So, in this moment, I started to realize how ridiculous women can be. Like, because. Welcome, welcome to the dark side. We have cookies and, and, and Kool-Aid in the back. I'm like, oh, I'm a little disappointed. Oh, my God. I'm a little, I'm a little disappointed, right? Because I'm like, sis. This nigga don't know how to fucking talk to you because you're not teaching him how to talk to you and you're saying that you want interest, but like you don't like how he's talking to you. You want him to change. You're not telling him how to get there. So I was like, damn, there I go agreeing with niggas. And every time I'm getting ready to agree with men, I can feel like my an angel loses its wings. I was about to say the opposite. Every time you agree with shit I'm talking about, I'm pretty sure a puppy is born. Oh my fucking God. Like, it definitely, like, some, an Irishman is shitting rainbows right now. Like, bro, I'm pretty fucking sure that, like, something incredibly wrong is, like, there's something wrong with the universe right now. We, like, in, the multi- we in the multiverse now, oh baby. Oh my fucking God, is this the Matrix? Like, I don't like that. I don't like when women do things that make me agree with men. So... Me and her got into a conversation about, like, what the fuck does that mean? Like, what does apply pressure mean? Like, what, like, I've always thought that if me, if I was applying pressure with somebody, it was because I have already expressed interest. Now, don't get me wrong. I definitely know what Shorty's talking about because there is always going to be that one nigga, at least one nigga, that is going to DM his ass off to know his heart's no content. He's going to have a whole conversation with himself in your DMs. Baby. Like, there's, oh, it doesn't matter what you do. Like, there's always going to be that. And to be honest with you, as a woman, sometimes you kind of need that little ego stroke. Like, go ahead, baby. You ain't saying nothing problematic or harmful or threatening. Like, you see what it is and you just going to stay in that little pocket. That's how you get your kicks on Route 66. I'm okay with that. Like, cool. Just stay, stay in your lane. 
Hey, Elaine, I know you're coming. I know you're going to like it. It's going gonna, it's gonna to do what it needs to do for my little ego. And I'm cool with that. But like, you ain't said nothing crazy. You ain't shot your shot. I ain't had to cuss you out. Be cool. It's cool. You know what I mean? Bad vision. We got a couple of those. Like, all right, I see you, bro. And like, so I think part of this, it stems from that same vein of, I'm not teaching no nigga how to love me. Yes, you are. You absolutely are if you care about them. Like, there's certain things where I think people get certain things misconstrued. We've talked about this plenty. There, there are baseline requirements that everyone should have, right? Like, I shouldn't hit you. I shouldn't call, I shouldn't, I shouldn't demean you. I shouldn't ignore you. I shouldn't forget your birthday. Shit like that, right? That's baseline level shit we all know is, you know what I'm saying? But then everything else that's like you specific, how is someone going to know about that if, if, if you don't tell them? Because we also, we are also the same generation who you must say this to everybody, huh? You, you, you must take all your hoes here, huh? Like that same generation. So it's like, look, if you don't want this man or this woman to treat you in a cookie cutter manner, you have to tell him what you like and don't like. Am I bugging here? Mm-mm. So, so we start from there, right? That's, that's the foundation of the fuck shit that you, that you have just passed on to me. And then it turns into, like, I, like, I mean, I like him, but he, he's just not applying pressure. First and foremost, what the fuck does applying pressure even mean? No one, ha- no one that I've asked this has ever given me a good answer that isn't like it's applying pressure when you want the nigga. It's harassment when you don't. So <laughs> it's just like, because it's, at the end of the day. I'll be honest with you. Go that ahead. Tom and, that Tom and Jerry shit kind of cute. It's kind of cute. Because sometimes, but I think that this Tom and Jerry, I'm going to be honest with you. Jerry picked a lot of them fights. Okay. Jerry for sure was out here. Tom was reading the newspaper, minding his, <laughs> like, minding his Jerry, cat business. And Jerry, Jerry would come in, step his toe, and yeah, slap him like, in the face. And Jerry run used to pick some fights, y'all. Like, 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 let's be clear. Like, Tom wasn't always just being a dick. Like, Jerry, Tom would be like, minding his cat business, drinking coffee. Because that's what they, they did in the cartoons was cats drink coffee and read the newspaper like niggas. Yeah, like, And bro, didn't come bother him. Sometimes Jerry used to pick some fights like let's be clear so <laughs> well we also know there's a certain subset of people who love talking crazy to their partner just so they can get fucked up later y'all not slick i'm either. not gonna lie shit talk has always been my favorite flirt language i love a good shit talk oh i love some banter i'm gonna i'm going to eat that for breakfast i love it i love it some of my favorite people i've ever flirted with or went on dates or air dated for a minute they can talk cast shit and i loved it because I knew that I could say what I needed to say, how I was going to say it. And you would not like get touched by that. Because I'm be honest with you, the more comfortable I am with you, I'm going to say some rude ass shit. And you're going to have to understand that I mean no harm. <laughs> and the moment that you I for sure, Because I for sure call somebody like, I call somebody, you, you know that big ass, uh, that big ass girl, robot girl of Squid Game? Yeah. I, for, I for sure was like, look out here, look at you out here playing red light, green light, head ass. <laughs> like, Bitch, like, yeah. Like, Calvin, me and you have said some shit to each other, bro. I, I Listen, I think you bro, you tweeted I, this once, and you was like, me me and Calvin have both sent each other to hell this morning, but the ecosystem is healing. Baby, we like, done sent each other to hell before. I remember one time, 
I would man, you told this shorty that her fucking lace front looked like it was laid with Elmer's glue and fucking hollered. I fucking hollered. I was like, Calvin, please, dog. Please. I said, and if that's not your friend, I'd have whooped your ass, bro. Woo! So that's what I'm saying. Like, baby, and if not, and, friends, and, it's gonna cut it. It's gonna cut kind of deep. And, 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 and I got a shout out. I got a shout out. The homie, you know what I'm saying? Yo, yo, guy, yo, 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 guy, uh, father, man. Because when me and that nigga link up, and we're people watching. Oh yeah, y'all niggas are rude. But here's the thing. Shout out to Kiddo's Godfather. Shout out to Marcus. Actually, we're celebrating his birthday. His birthday. Yeah, nigga, we about to get oh, yeah. you fucked up. So yeah, so like. If you got the invitation to Skank Estate, you're invited. Just don't show up to my house empty-handed. I hate that shit. Respectfully. Respectfully, I hate that shit. Like, I got to do a lot of shit to get my little house together. But, like... But, yeah, yeah like, me and me and that nigga... Because we wake up, like... It was, like... First, we just We people watch. And, like, we are both observant as hell. And one thing about Cincinnati, it will give you some content to people watch no matter where you go outside. And exactly. Fam, listen, and it's just it's just like I didn't realize how much I went out or how much I linked up with him until I, I went out with without him. I think he was you know working or doing whatever. And somebody stopped me. It was like, "Where Marcus at?" I, I know. I, every time I see you, I see him. I'm like, "Damn!" Like we be on that list together. All right, I mean, but yeah, so we're definitely going to we definitely got some wins this week, and we got to celebrate for 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 sure. Um, Calvin, would you like to explain the sports? Yes, and unfortunately, this one is a little on the somber side, um, so bear with me here. Um, so, Henry Ruggs, a wide receiver formerly of the Las Vegas Raiders, um, yesterday, um, or I believe it was yesterday, maybe two days ago, uh, was was charged with two felony counts of DUI that led to death and reckless endangerment that led to death or bodily harm. So basically, you know, he, he, he played in Las Vegas. So he was on the Las Vegas strip, you know, and everyone who's, who's, who's been to Vegas understands that Vegas doesn't really have a curfew. Maybe at all. You can get whatever time of day you can get, you can find some things to get into. And so, according to the police report, um, him and his girlfriend was in a Corvette, and they were dri- he was driving at speeds up to 156 miles per hour. Oh my God. Before he crashed into this woman in her RAV4. Um, so they have not released the woman's name, I but hope she they don't. But she she has passed due to her injuries. So before I go any further, I want to make sure that I extend my deepest condolences and prayers to her family because we can only imagine like dealing with that trauma and also understanding that there's someone who's at fault for that trauma. Right. Um. Like I said before, he was. Not only was he driving at like two seconds before the crash at 156 miles per hour, they have they have data that shows 
but airbags were deployed at, when he was going 127 miles per hour. So not mm. only was he driving fast, it was 3.39 Pacific time in the morning, so in the depths of night, but he also had a, a blood alcohol limit of, one point, of, of 0.161. So for those who, under, for those who are not aware, the, the, legal, the, the legal blood alcohol limit is 0.08. That man, is, that man doubled that. And, and so the reason I want to bring it up is because at first I want to make sure I give my condolences to the family of the victim, right? Oftentimes Absolutely. when... We, when these things happen with a celebrity or a public figure, we forget that there's someone else in these scenarios that ha- that is dealing with grief and trauma. And I want to make sure I spoke on that. But secondly, I see some people framing this as a mistake, and I don't like that. And I'll and I'll and I'll explain a little bit why. Right? We all make mistakes. There's a difference between a mistake. And a choice. Am I wrong? Right. Like, making a mistake is forgetting your keys or forgetting, you know what I'm saying, forgetting to take all the groceries out your car. Right. Henry Ruggs is a 23-year-old first-round draft pick that plays for the national football team that plays in Las fucking Vegas. A multimillionaire. And here's the reason why it's not a mistake to me. And I'm not saying that, like, like he absolutely should be held responsible for his actions here. So not only does, not only do normal people have Uber, Lyft, taxis, designated driver, um, all sorts of different options here, but the NFL as a league has a program where you can get a driver for free if you ever need one. You just call like a, it's like a hotline, right. and and you say, "Hey, man, I need somebody to drive me home. I, I I'm not I'm not gonna make it. Whatever the case may be, is it's a free drive. It's a program, and the NFL will send someone to pick your ass up and take you home. So with so when you're dealing with all of these alternatives, you choosing to 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 to, to drive is a choice, and I'm not saying that. Yes, I, I understand. Throwing stones from glass houses, like the Sushi Shop podcast, does not condone drunk driving. But we also know that everyone has not everyone, but most people at a point maybe drove when they shouldn't have. Right? Well, I'm not right. saying this to be some holier than vow individual here, right? But you, but then the comp, the compounding of, fam, I didn't even know you could get to 156 on a public street. That's that's Audubon speeds, right? Like the Audubon in Germany where people do 156, 200 miles per hour. And you know what you're signing up for when you get on there. This is the Las Vegas Strip, bro. Like you're doing 156 on a public road. And so it's like you're you're, you're compounding your choice with another choice. Like if you – like again, no excuses for driving drug. And this this applies – to all of us, it's homecoming this weekend, right? It's right. homecoming season. The Bearcats rank sixth in the country. College game day gonna be in town. Niggas gonna be on trash from Thursday to Sunday. But we also know that, like, hey, bro, I know them lift charges may be a little higher. I know the Uber charges may be a little steeper. 
It's cheap. It's cheaper than a, it's cheaper than a DUI, and it's cheaper than somebody's life. You know what I'm saying? So like, but then if you you've already made the choice to drive drunk, and now you're exacerbating that by going so fast, like it's it's a sad story. I think it's, it's, it's a sad story because your choices not only ruined your life, like your career is done. It also directly led to someone losing their life who did not make that choice as well. And that's the part, right? I think selfish is the word that rounds that up. Absolutely, absolutely selfish. Like, I don't just go ahead, go ahead. I don't. I really try really, really hard not to put myself in somebody else's mental mental space or mental head. Like, I can't. I hate being able to say, "Oh, bro." But I can get what he was thinking. I do not. There's some. That's a that's a that's a slippery slope in general. Exactly. That's a slippery slope. Like, baby, sometimes shit is just bullshit. Is just that. It's just that. So, this is one of those situations where it is tragic. And I don't speak death over anybody's life, but like, dog, to do that kind of speed, considering where you were, you knew where you were. You knew where you were. And you knew the condition that you were in. Well, here's the thing. Uh, do you want alcohol? Like, yeah, whatever he was under the influence of. I'm going off the police report. Like, the police report said his blood alcohol level was 0.16, right? Okay, well, whatever. And I said what I said. So whatever was in his system, because um, you're still talking about an athlete and a celebrity, so... I question the validity of everything. But, like, because I know how the system works. I get it. Yeah. But, like, they still, but you are talking about a system and a black man. So, the two things can be true. But I think that, dog, you may not have been cognizant of, like, the condition you were in, but you knew where you were. At least, at least enough orientation to get into your car. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's some, there's something, there's something, definitely giving something is happening there. So for me, it's like maybe your intentions weren't to take her life, but maybe yours was in question. But in the end, like that's not what happened. And some people like to live on that kind of edge. I'm not saying niggas is suicidal like that. Excuse my language, but that's not for me to. That's not that's not for me to decide for anybody, and that's a very heavy thing to put on somebody's spirit. So I'm just careful with that. But to be honest, no, I don't think anybody's intentional about putting somebody in harm's way. I'm very like maybe that's just the optimism in me, and it sounds crazy, but like I don't think anybody's intentionally going think- out of their way to put somebody else's life in harm's way because you're having issues of your own. I don't think. So I don't think he meant for this to happen, right? I don't think he, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think, he clearly didn't mean for this to, for this to go the way he went, right? Like, I, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think he, but also I don't like clarify, classifying this as a mistake. I think choices have consequences. And like, if you choose to do something and then the worst possible scenario happens, it's still a choice. Right. And I'm not, I'm not, again, that wasn't an excuse, but I just, 
this is a tough one. This is a tough one. Because I also, I don't know, the human in me wants to see both sides. Not to validate both sides, but for understanding. Like, there's clearly a right and a wrong here. Clearly. Like, that's not what I'm arguing. But I wonder what was going through his head that made that decision okay. Maybe there's a there maybe there's a sermon here. Like maybe there's a testimony. Like maybe somebody needs to hear that. So that if they're put in that kind of position, they may do the opposite. Because you're right. not okay. To make a decision like that, you're not okay. To make a that's self-destructive as fuck. That's peak self-destruction. So I'm not here to wave my hand and, and say, bro, you got that's fucked up. We know that that's the obvious. That was some bullshit. And it cost a life. It was the most unnecessary bullshit on the planet. We know that. I think in my head, I'm thinking, what was going through your head that validated that? What hyped you up? What was the, what was the thing that said, all right, cool, my nigga, you straight? What was the God complex? What was that? I think so. I think this is where we talk about the the specific the word to, that comes to mind is audacity, and I'm not saying that in like a, a super negative context the way we usually use it, right? Like think like think of the audacity that you have to have to 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 uh, to make it to the NFL or to or to make it to being this celebrity figure we talked about this plenty of times like the, the chances of you going from high school to college to the elite is less than one percent we, we we've talked about this right and so you have to have a certain level of audacity or, or whether it's god complex or whatever to believe that you are going to be in that number and it's and until this moment your audacity has always worked out for you right because you made it you're a multi-millionaire, first-round draft pick on a team that's out here winning games, doing its numbers. So that so it's hard, and again, no, I'm not definitely making an excuse. It's hard to turn that audacity off because that's kind of who you are as a person at this point. Because you've always you've had to be this level of of audacious and have that god complex that like the rules and regulations and percentages do not apply to me because your entire life. You have shown that it hasn't. You, you, you made it from whatever town you made it from to be one of a very few who, who, who call themselves the NFL first-round draft pick. There's only 32 of them a year. And you've made it to be one of them. So, like you, so, that, so that mentality has been with you for at least the last 8 to 9, 12, 10 years. So I, I can see where it could be kind of hard to turn that off when it comes to getting behind the wheel of a car when you probably shouldn't, right? Like, does that make sense? I mean, yes. But I also, I think we talked about, we touched on that earlier. You know what I mean? Like, I, I pray that whatever lesson is to be learned here, unfortunately, sometimes the universe gets it back in blood. And that's unfortunate. Like, that's, This is the moment that I think that what I pray about of anything, because my nigga, I, I can look back honestly on my life and know that I've made some repetitive ass mistakes. I have made that and I know exactly what the mistake is. And you would think with enough time of bumping your fucking head up against this wall, 
you learn how to like see the wall, right? But I wonder, I've always prayed that the universe doesn't have to put me in a situation that has to change my life like that by either taking it or taking it because either way, that nigga's not seeing heaven. Like my nigga, you're, you're done. That's done. You're done. So, like, and, then, and then on the opposite side of that, we lost a life that was minding her fucking business. She was minding her business. She didn't make that choice. You know what I'm saying? She like, didn't she... make that choice. So I pray to God that that's not the way I learned my lessons. I pray that universe be patient, but Alex be swift. So that's, and, that, and that's the thing why when I'm, I get criticized for being impulsive, but my biggest fear is being put through the same lesson multiple times and it being worse and worse to learn that lesson. Universe is, is going to, because baby, the simulation don't stop. It's not going to stop. It's just going to cost you more and more and more. But our God is an awesome God, but niggas got shit to do too. <laughs> Figure it the fuck out. Like, so I, I, I want to wrap it up on this note, man. So prayers, again, prayers to the family of, of, of the woman who lost her life, lost her life. Um, prayers to her family and and prayers to the family of, of Henry because like they didn't make that choice either and now they're dealing with that fallout of someone that they love for cared for his life is irreparably changed and damaged and like he for for all intents and purposes he was a breadwinner of that family usually the NFL athlete is probably the one who's a breadwinner of that family Right. And and so I pray I pray for everyone affected, man. Like you know what I'm saying. I just you know what I'm saying. I just want to make sure at the end of the day we understand that this is not. We need to be careful how we frame this. This was not a mistake. This was a choice that had tragic consequences. Like at the end of the day, that man chose for whatever reason. I'm not going to hear. I'm not here to play psychotherapist for whatever reason. He chose to get behind that wheel, and he chose to dr- drive that fast in that area. And it had tragic consequences for everybody involved, man. And I just, I pray that, I pray that that family eventually finds some level of, of peace. 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 Um, yeah. That's, oof. That one kind of took me out. I'm not going to lie. That was just, you ever hear something extremely tragic and you hope that it's just like a freak of nature? And then you mm-hmm. realize that shit be like dead ass preventable? And it breaks your heart even more because of like niggas would have just not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> things would have been different. So it's like, damn, like on the either side of that pendulum of families have lost. So it's just it's really hard. It's that like that's really that's really fucking hard. But um my condolences and my love and my my peace and prosperity is the families, both of them. And I pray they find peace and healing. Like, I pray. Um Calvin, yes, you're ma'am. not gonna like you. You not gonna like this. So insecure started, and honestly, uh-huh. so far, all right. I'm kind of waiting for like the, the the moment. Like I feel like we're building up to a moment here because Issa has a peak, right? Issa definitely like she has a peak, and it's cute. And sometimes she'll hit us with a peak, and then we get hit with a peak. You know what I'm saying? Like 
Like that scene where they were leaving Coachella and we run into um we run into Lawrence. Like that was great. Like then we knew. The oh show. yeah, but, but, yeah. but yeah, that one where they ran like, into like the knew, uh, convenience yeah, store. Like, we knew that that okay. The this is getting ready to pivot. Like we knew that. So I know that we're ramping up to that moment, but. Baby, right now I'm like, all right, where is it at though? And I don't know if it's, and I think that I'm trying to see if my criticism of the show is because I know that that peak is coming or because like I'm not feeling like how, I'm not feeling it how I thought I would. So I think, so in the first two episodes, right? So spoiler alert for everyone who who hasn't watched it. The first one was they did Homecoming, the bear from Stanford. I don't Um, want to talk about that shit. Like but we got to talk about the end. We got to talk about the end yeah, of episode one end. because it leads into actually the end of episode two, right? So homecoming episode, right? All of that. They tried to kill my girl Kelly off. Wasn't really fucked with that. Um, I thought that shit was funny as fuck. I was I'm like, damn, they tried to kill my girl. Like, come on now. I, listen, if I'm Lawrence Hive, I have like a small residency in Kelly Hive too. So... But the end of season, end, end of episode one, Lawrence pick Lawrence pick picks her up from LAX and they drive back home, and you can tell that it's just one of them awkward ass like car rides. Like you know what I mean? They they not doing that same banter that they usually do. So she gets out, drops. You know what I'm saying? And and Issa starts to say it, but like she can't even get it out. But Lawrence understands understands like what she tries to say, right? I think that, and I'm be honest with you. I was not a fan of them getting back together while that nigga had a baby on the way. Like, baby, no. I don't give a fuck what the circumstances are. Being with a man who has a baby on the way is ghetto as fuck. Because not only did that nigga cheat, he was irresponsible about it. He did not cheat. He did not cheat. He didn't cheat. Okay, 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 okay. Maybe that was a little bitter. Sorry. I, was like, I was like, hold on, man. You you are missing you are missing real life and insecure. That man that did was, not cheat. That was Hold on. <laughs> Cause I was ready like oh, uh-uh, Miss Mamas. He was they was uh uh-uh. uh uh-uh. That was that was a little bitter. Woo, that was little <laughs> that leaped out, didn't it? Man, that leaped, that jumped. That jumped out. Who boy. Ooh, let me go back to therapy, baby. Okay, That's okay, okay, Gabrielle. Okay, Gabrielle Union. Oh no, baby, I left. But uh... <laughs> I, I, was, I wish people oh, would stop. I wish people Ooh, would stop. Oh damn! I'm sorry. That was fucked up. That on a was tangent. Up. On a tangent, I wish people would stop shoving microphones in Gabrielle Union and Dwayne Wade's faces, or Jill, or Jada and Will's faces at that point. Like just. Stop interviewing them. I'll be honest with you. All y'all are gonna do is misconstrue Jada Pickett's words and make it look like Will's a victim. Like, like, absolutely not. Will knows exactly what the fuck you. All right, hear me out. Y'all can agree or disagree with whatever arrangements they have. Right, that's between you and your God. My thing is this: Will is not a victim here. That nigga knew exactly what the fuck he was signing up for. You're not married that long and not know your spouse. There's no fucking way. You want me to believe that Will Smith had no idea that this is who Jada was and they've been married this long with two kids? I will, I, will count, I will counter with this. I think he knows now. I don't think he knew when he fell in love with her. I think, I think as, as, as relationships grow and, you know, I think he kind of realized, oh, this is, this, is who, this is who I'm... But also... 
even if we want to say, even if we want to go with a theory that Will is doing just as much dirt as Jada is, right? My entire thing is at least Will has the good old common sense for us to not know about it. You feel me? Whatever, whatever, whatever dirt Will is allegedly doing is still alleged because there is barely any confirmation. Because Will, at least if he has hoes, he's keeping his hoes quiet. I'll be honest with you. I don't think a lot of these niggas are as faithful as they come across. We just, but we have to also keep in mind we don't know these niggas. We know what the fuck they tell us. And Will and Jada Pinkett Smith drama, Will and Jada Pinkett Smith drama, it sounds like some shit that we, I think we've all been through. You know I'm cheating. I know you cheating. Or we understand that this is how we're going to love each other. And all right, cool. Honestly, sometimes. And our lives, and our lives are at this point too intertwined for, for us to really. Like, you don't want to say it's cheaper to keep her, but it's like our lives at this point are too intertwined for the, for the unraveling of all we have to share to be worth it. Like, exactly. And to be honest with you, sometimes it's not fucking worth it. And this is about somebody who has been divorced. I'll be honest with you. I leaving my husband was not my choice. But like I knew that at some point, like, uh, this wasn't gonna work out. Like, it how hold on. Let me I just contradicted the fuck out of myself. <laughs> me and my husband, there was a moment where I was just like, all right, this may not work the fuck out. I, I see this. But sometimes you try to convince yourself that you're wrong. Like, no, Alex, like Bro, maybe this is you like doing a fight or flight thing. Maybe you're self-sabotaging. Yeah, maybe you're self-sabotaging. So I sat back and I said, if you're right, it will show up in three. But don't press it because if you go looking for shit, you find shit, right? So don't press it. But if you're right, it'll show up in threes and it'll be organic, right? So you pray on it, sit with it. You move on. You literally forget about it and you watch things manifest because you're not even thinking about it. It's a surprise. Like, okay, cool. Boom. But when it happens, it's instant. It clicks. You get it. Like, oh yeah, that was for me. I was supposed to see that. Right? So, yeah, I started to see things. And then the thing thing happened. And I was like, I'm out. I think that sometimes and in the moment, sometimes in that moment, I forgot that marriage is absolutely, no matter what, a business arrangement. I like you enough to make you my business partner because nothing puts you further in somebody's fucking life than being legally binded to them. Nigga, I need to know every fucking thing. Everything. I need to know everything. I need to know that break in case of emergency, I need to know exactly where it is. I need to know who to call, when to call, and why. I need to know who to tell what and what not to tell who. That parachute. You, we, you yeah. need that parachute. Maybe you need to understand that fuck your family. I am your next emergency contact. Like, an emergency contact does not apply when you're bleeding out and the, and the hospital needs to know who the fuck to call. I'm talking about before you make a move that affects your life, you have to understand that your life is now ours. You really do. I think in relationships, and I think that marriage has taught me one thing, like, Marriage just taught me one thing. Baby, it is no lie when you say you exchanged the I for before. You exchanged that I for us. But you do not exchange the me for we. Because Hmm. no matter. Yeah, so break that down a little bit. 
hear me out. You do exchange the I for us. You do. Because I is me bringing what I have, you bringing what you have, and we create a world, right? We create a world. But being a woman who knows what it feels like for a man to wake up, change his fucking mind, and all of a sudden you have to rearrange your life again, I am never going to forget how this has to, how this is going to affect me independent of you. If you decide you want to walk out that door for whatever reasons you choose, baby, I know that I'm going to be okay regardless of what the fuck else you decide to do. That's not saying I don't trust you. I do trust you. I trust you to do exactly what the fuck you're going to do. But life has taught me not to be that fucking cute anymore. I need to know that if the nigga that walks out of my life, my boyfriend can get up and move right now and does not move shit I got going on. It just sucks to lose you at this point. The only thing that I want to hurt in a relationship is my fucking feelings, not my pockets. My nigga, I need to be fine without you. I have to be. Because I think as a grown-ass woman in her 30s, I know what the fuck it feels like for a nigga to change his mind. And that be that. And niggas typically don't lack, they lack the emotional capacity to at least explain that shit. So no. No. It's okay for your feelings to be hurt, not your pockets, baby. It's easier to cry and to lose. <laughs> you gonna cry in this Nissan or you gonna cry in this Phantom? Like, baby, no. Absolutely but, not. But bring the it back. Time, baby, let me tell you, the next time I get my heart broken, it will be overseas. <laughs> like, nigga, no. No. Uh-uh. No. Niggas can change their mind every day, B. You still gonna have to hold down the fort because that's what women do. So bringing it all back to so so they so Lawrence and Issa break up in end at see end of episode one. I do appreciate because Issa told y'all niggas she's not doing no sort of pandemic storyline, and I thank her. Thank you, God. Because I am tired. Because TV is a form of escapism. I am tired of. Turning on the TV and seeing the same shit I'm dealing with in my everyday life. No. So she, so they fast forward an entire year. Issa doing big things. Molly didn't cut her hair. You know what I'm saying? Like Molly starting I to realize. You know, Molly starting it. to. I know. Molly starting to realize how toxic she is. Um, which is which is which is you know four seasons overdue. But you know, better late than never, baby girl. You know um, what? Growth happens when it needs to, not when you want to. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to be in a very honest place. And so Issa trying to like, you know, she trying to fall back into something familiar with Nathan. And fam, she cried in my nigga mouth. Can I be honest with you? You know, I hope so. There is some, there is some real vulnerability that comes with being able to cry to a nigga. Like, baby, and I'm a cry baby. But the thing is that if you know because there's some niggas that be like, Alex is not a fucking crybaby. And there's some niggas that be like, yo, no, Alex cries over everything. You have to have seen it in action. Like, Alex cries over everything. So, if you've seen me cry over everything, then, like, I trust you with that vulnerability. Like, because but I don't, not everybody gets that under me. I will dismiss myself before I start crying, like, just crying to be crying. That's not something I give to everybody. But I am the first to admit that I'm a sensitive-ass bitch. It don't take much. <laughs> it don't take much. But yeah, like, with Issa, I felt her. It was the first episode where she's sitting on the panel. 
And she was just like, baby, I have no idea what the fuck I'm doing. <laughs> no, nah, that's real. Because look, that's real. I as felt fuck. that. I, I was real as hell. I felt that. She was just like, I don't know. Maybe I fucked up with the logo, too. She was like, bro, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. It just feels good. And, I, bro, that is the part I resonated with that so much. Because it's the part of adulthood that is just like, I don't know if this is the right thing. I just have to trust that it is. And taking that L sometimes is like, fuck, I, there are some L's. I'm not always going to make the right choice. It doesn't always shake in my favor. It does not. It just doesn't. And Issa has taken some chances this season. Like, my nigga, what was this artist's name in the second episode? Calvin? Oh, uh, Crenshaw. Yeah, Crenshaw. Also known that, as that nigga did some arrogant ass shit. That was some arrogant shit. Like, was it a risk? Yes. Do artists do that all the time? I'm sure. Like, I'm sure. Like, the shit that we think is a fucking perfection, I'm pretty sure there was somebody trying to be like, hey, bro, calm down. Like, I'm sure that at some point somebody has said that, right? Shit, they said it to me. But, like, I just, I'm sure, right? So the fact that it, it went off without a hitch, the fact that niggas loved it, the fact that it was groundbreaking and provocative and got the people going was by, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, thank God. But Issa telling him to pipe down or like Issa telling him to scale back or just trying to look out for his best, like what she thought his best interest would be because she just wants him to get exposed. She wants people to see how awesome she Cece is. You know what I mean? He just, she just wants him to put his best foot forward. Right. And he thinks that he's being stifled and not heard as a creative. And that matters, too. Like that fucking matters. That's your baby. Like, keep in mind, I'm a hardest and I am sensitive about my shit. Like, I fucking felt that. Worth so, Erica. Worth you know what I'm saying? Erica. I fucking felt that. So I understood both sides of that. It worked out this time. But Issa's not wrong for wanting to be cautious. And she's also not above being told that maybe she should have fought a little harder. So I get that from like an objective and going to bat for your client and going to bat for your thing. And also Block is her baby too. That platform is her heart and soul too. So she's not moving with foul intent. Just want to make sure everybody looks good in the light. Like she's not wrong for that. Yeah. And I think even, and whenever you're doing a partnership, a creative partnership with somebody, there's back and forth, there's give and go, there's, there's, there's struggle. Me and you have dealt with this where you're like, I don't, I don't see what you're talking about here. And I'm like, no, but trust me. And, and vice versa, right? Like, because you want to feel like you're heard because this is, this is your baby, but you also want to respect the other person because this is their baby too. And, and, and understand right. it. And you know what I'm saying? So like, that was it. But fam, she cried in my nigga Nathan mouth. She cried in my nigga mouth. The disrespect. So I have a question for you. And, and yeah. you got to ask if it, if it, if it, if it, if it hurts. Have you ever thought you was over someone and be able to get you know about to get you some 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 bounce back dick and like realize like midway through that this wasn't this wasn't this wasn't what it was? Yep. Uh, in one of my last relationships, my last relationship. All right. So there's this episode of American Horror Story Coven or Coven. Mm-hmm. I always forget that name. Coven, Coven. Right. Where. Shorty falls in love with the blonde-haired frat boy or whatever, right? And she tries to, like, he's, of course, they do some foul shit to Madison. She flips the bus over, and now this is literally pieces of this nigga. So he takes pieces of, like, her frat brother to create, like, the perfect nigga for this, (laughs) the perfect woman for Shorty. And, like, 
he comes back to life and it looks like him. Doesn't quite walk and talk like him, but like the face is there, the sincerity there, the eyes are there. She she like like fucking Frankenstein's this nigga back into captivity, like uses a little bit of magic on him. You know, Madison even has a turn. Like, you know what I mean? Like it was like she had like the shell of that nigga, but she didn't have him. Right. And to be honest with you, that's what circling the block feels like. Like, I know what we once had. I know what I first saw in you. And I I have this hope. I have this feeling. It's giving something. You know what I'm saying? Like, I have this hope that we can rekindle that. I have this hope that when I look into your eyes and we look into mine, it's still there. But I've also seen how you can hurt me. I see how you can devastate me. I see what it looks like when I miss you. I want you and I'm mad at you. I see what that looks like. And you're asking me to trust you not to put me in those kind of circumstances again when I already see that you are capable of doing it. And honestly, the heart is a muscle too. And muscle memory is a thing. And the heart will never let you love that person the way you once did because naivety. I didn't know better. Now I do. And you can't change what you, what you already know. You can adjust expectations. And forgiveness, forgiveness means that you can't bring that shit up again. It doesn't mean you forgot about it. doesn't mean you forgot about it, though. And I think, I think sometimes people expect, you know, t- that talking about Will Smith in Men in Black, that whole little flashlight, right? Like, I don't know what you're talking about. Flash? No, no that's not. That's not how forgiveness works. Like, that's not some- how forgiveness works. Because there's something. I remember that shit. Bitch, there's something, I yeah, mm-hmm. like it's like when I you were angry, up, you can have me. But or, or when you were angry at me, you felt like it was okay to do this to me. Like I yeah. can, I can forgive you on some like, okay, I see where we both maybe had each other messed up, whatever. But that's always going to be in the back of my mind that no matter what we did, that you thought it was okay to do this to me. You thought it was cool to have me s- fucked up, and to be honest with you, that's some shit that is going to be very difficult for me to get past. Like, and then, like, honestly, and this is why I think that there's two things that can be true. I don't always disagree with spinning the block. Sometimes a nigga needs to know why it's not okay to fuck with you. I'm okay with that. The other part about it is you can say, you know what? I don't want to have no energy towards you, but I also don't want to fuck with you anymore because I don't know if I can get past this. And I know if I accept you back into my life, I'm going to have to, and I'm not there yet. That's honest. Baby, yeah, I don't why, fuck, yeah, you know like, what I'm saying? That's some honest ass shit. And to be real with you, I wish that we were, I wish that more people felt empowered to just say that. Because it's cool. It's cool. It's cool. And honestly, if that's what you're co- so convicted in your heart, if that's how you feel, that's exactly what it is. And that, and ain't no change in your mind. There's no reconsideration. There's none, none of that shit. You should feel comfortable just saying that shit. If the consequences of that don't matter, say it. Because if, 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 if holding it in is hurting you more, what exactly do you have to lose? Yeah, and it's like, you know what I mean? At the end of the day, we can't, we can't lie to ourselves. And sometimes I think you, 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 you accept someone's forgiveness because you feel like you have to, but you're also like, I don't really, like, I can forgive you, but I don't, I don't have to. You know what I'm saying? Like, put you back in that same spot in my life that you were in prior to. Like, those those two things are mutually exclusive. And so I think um, 
realizing that with Issa, I think Issa in that moment realized that like she was nowhere near ready right. to, tr- to 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 try to get back out here on the field. Um, and 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 we know Nathan good for ghosting, so Nathan was like, "Oh, where? <laughs> I'm gonna head out." Um, I will say this: to, to uh, this is the last season, and we know that they're gonna end in a way. I do think. And I can't I can't say this is a wrong opinion because I'm not for I'm not for the, the people who write the show. But I do think they misunderstood their audience a little bit because they're they part of the reason they wanted to have Lawrence play the back role the first two episodes because they feel like the main relationship in this show is Issa and Molly. And that's the writer's decision. I do think the audience considers the main relationship of the show to be Issa and Lawrence. Well, honestly, that's because, like, niggas are curious. But I don't think that that is the main focus of the show. I think we started it's not, out... It's not the main focus of the show as far as, like, from the right... No, it's not at all. But it is... No, no, no. What I'm saying is that it is an interesting dynamic. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I do want to see what happens between Issa and Lawrence. Because, excuse me. A, a small part of us fell in love with the fact that it felt like their love was genuine. And I think everybody can relate to, I have a theory, I have a theory. I think that everybody should experience their first heartbreak at 25. Or younger. Or younger. No, no, no. Like 25 is perfect. Now I'm going to tell you why. Yeah. I'm going to tell you why. Because between 15, you really start getting, well, for me, I started to notice boys at like 14. Like I started to notice boys at 14. I did. I was like, oh, he's cute. Oh, he's cute. Okay, well, I like the way he talks to me. Or, all right, he's fine, too. Like, I started to notice boys, like, around 14, right? And you start having experience with boys. You start to understand boys. Like, you start talking. You realize that they stink a little bit. But, like, maybe that's how boys are supposed to smell. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's real teenage girl shit. Like, real just teenage girl shit. I got carried away. Don't do that. But, like, <laughs> but like you know what I mean? But then you start going through high school. Hopefully you're starting to date or experience boys a little bit more. And then you start having these real life between like college years, 18, 19, you know, your early 20s, you start having a little bit more serious experience with boys because life seems serious at that point. It's not, but it feels real. Man, everything from 18 to 21 feels like the end of the fucking world. Oh my God. Like, what is that? Like, you feel like you're fucking 45. But also, it's that nuisance of responsibility, right? Like, you are officially responsible for yourself. You know what I'm saying? You are responsible for you. So, to be honest with you, I think that that's great. Like, that's wonderful. Like, boom, you're right on track. You're starting to smell life just a little bit. Starting to get up underneath your skin just a little bit. Perfect. Boom. I think that that's when we start to look for companionship. Like, all right, life sucks for me right now. It would be great if I had somebody I could just chill with. It may and, suck less if I have someone else yeah, to come so home like, to. Yeah, so like you start to go through that. But also, hopefully, hopefully, if you're doing this thing right, you're getting some technical training, whether it be a trade skill, whether it be going to college, whatever your path is. Hopefully, if you want to be an entrepreneur, you're starting to invest into yourself in that capacity. Like, whatever it takes for you to get where you want to be, great. You know what I'm saying? So, like, hopefully you're doing all of that. And honestly, by the time 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, maybe 23, 
graduating college, you got something up underneath you, your trade school shit is out the way, you're starting to make some money, some experiences, boom. You fall in love with a bitch. That nigga starts to look real good. Y'all going on trips, y'all hanging out, hopefully no children yet, unless that's what you want and can handle. I'm not here to judge. You know what I'm saying? Like y'all start doing like, that. y'all start doing some real adult shit because it feels good. That nigga does some inevitable, immature ass, dumb ass, young, naive, don't know better ass shit. And it breaks your fucking heart and you got to go. That nigga don't know how to be with one coochie yet. He cheats. That nigga's terrible with money. He does some bullshit, puts you fucked up. You're out of here. Like, you know what I'm saying? Eventually, nigga's going to do some dumb ass shit. Bitch, you don't know what you're doing either. So you're going to do some shit that's intentionally selfish or self-absorbed or entitled. You go, she going like, to key the car. She going to Yeah, like she going to do some shit that she just can't come back from. Like, or that nigga going to have a baby on you. Like, he's going to do some shit that's just like, girl, I cannot. Ma'am, ma'am, are you okay? This is this no, about the third I'm time. Not, girl, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> the third time you done mentioned a specific instance. And I just want to, I just want to let you know I am here for you. You know what I'm saying? Like, boom. So, right? So, my nigga, this is what I'm saying to you. This is, this is what I'm saying to you. 25 is a perfect age because hopefully you're graduated from some type of technical institute. You got some secondary education that's going to make you marketable to make some money, whatever that looks like. You got some money in the bank. You were smart. Hopefully had some OGs, some mentors. I'm talking best case scenario. Like I'm not, I'm not going to talk about worst case. Fuck that. We don't speak. We don't walk. We don't walk in lag, right? Best case scenario, you are on top of your shit. All right. That bitch breaks your heart. That bitch is going to, she's going to do some foul shit. That nigga's going to do something like this. She going to fuck your homie. Not, it ain't even going to be no, like, it ain't even going to be no foul shit like that. But it's going to be some shit that you just can't get over. Whatever that looks like at the time, right? So, when you got some money in the bank, you can take a trip. And it's easier to live life at 25 with less responsibilities to get to 30 and feel like you've got because 30 is the idea of 30s is changing. Like millennials have really moved that up because we're 30 year olds are still running around like shit sweet. Because it is sweet. 30 year I'm having a blast right now. Baby, I like it. I like it. I like 30. So, like, to be honest with you, I think that it is so much easier to do it shit now. Get that, get that young dumbass shit out the way. So you can peak, you can mature, you can grow and start figuring out what the fuck you want. And I hate to admit it, but like rom-coms wouldn't be a genre if finding yourself after a breakup wasn't a thing. That's an entire podcast topic that I would love to touch on. But unfortunately, we are a little bit late on the schedule, but we're going to put a pin in that and come back to that because we got to explore that in a more in-depth way. Finding yourself is great, but sometimes it happens after a nigga did some bullshit. So, like, being 25 and young enough to do it is wonderful. Like, experience all that shit. Like, and it also gives you enough time to heal, like, before you really try to, you know, put yourself back out there, right? Like, I think sometimes, you know what I'm saying, we don't give ourselves enough time to heal, and then we start, you know... We start turning in the future and like the toxic and all this other shit. And like, if you get your heart broken young enough, it should be able to give you some more time to like get over that shit. Right. Right. But also you have to do the work to get over that shit. You can't be someone who's just like, 
man, fuck these bitches for life, and you you had that one heartbreak at like fifteen, like you know what I'm saying? Right, like you like, gotta, no, bro. That's not how that works. Like, let's grow a little bit, right? But um, Calvin, would you like to give us end a, this on a positive note? Yes, end this on a positive note. I sure would. Um, so. Kind of piggybacking off of what I said in the in, in the beginning, man. Sometimes you got to keep pushing and grinding and, and really making some shit shake when you when you can. You know what I mean? So it's like, um, everything is an immediate, whether it's good, bad, or indifferent, right? Sometimes you have to pl- you have to work at something for a long time in order to see results. I I I I, I request and I encourage you guys to not get discouraged. If you're actively trying to be a better person and you're not necessarily seeing the results that you wanted to yet, give it time. I think this microwave instant instant gratification generation that we live in has skewed what we feel like progress is. And sometimes it's a a long, long journey and you feel like you're not getting anywhere, but you are. Every day that you make that choice to, to be a better person, to live better, to move better, whether it's to eat better. You know, fix your sleeping habits to do that work. Like you're, you are making yourself a better individual, even if it's by like a percentage point a day. And eventually, when you get to the point where nine, ten months later, you can look back and see how far you've come from where you were when you started. I, 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 I hope that everyone right. listening to this has that experience to be able to see how far they came from. Like, and whether it's working on a campaign. Or, you know what I'm saying, and, and finally seeing that man get elected, or whether it's you're doing your weight loss journey and, and you and you realize I'm like, damn, I lost 50 pounds, or you're just trying to be a better person and love better and treat people better, be a better homie, be a better partner, be a better friend, and you right. realize like how far you've come from where you've come in. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not jet, like it's not a it's progress. Progress is sometimes a slow process, but that doesn't mean it doesn't exist. So my positive note is just, man, understand that if you keep making the effort to try to be a better person every single day, you are you are you are going somewhere. And it may not seem like it right now, but if you don't believe yourself, believe me, you are making progress. And I personally am proud of you. Listen, if you ever need me to hype you up, just call me and let me know what's going on. And I'm going to let you know, like, all right, if it's realistic or not to trip about. But like nine times out of ten, it's not. And even if you do need to be tripping, I'm gonna figure. We gonna figure out a game plan because trouble don't last always. Be proud of yourself, like dog, y'all. We are making a way out of no way. We are figuring some shit out. We are shedding skin, baby. We. I want everybody. Honestly, this New Year's Eve, I want niggas to party. I want y'all to shake y'all ass. I have this gut feeling that 2022 is gonna be fucking beautiful. Oh boy. Uh, we, I have we, this year that 2022, like honestly, we needed 2020 for whatever reason. 2021 was like the pick up your feelings ass year. But 2022 going to be like, get money. And we going to get money. Like, oh, like no, 22 going to be nasty. So we doing just, a, we, Shoot Your Shot Podcast doing a live show in 2022. You heard it here fucking first, nigga. So, let, so, so we'll tell you all the rest of the dates when we figure it out. Yes. But I'm saying this for accountability purposes. By the end, we are going to we are going to do at least one and probably two live shows in 2022 because we miss y'all. Y'all miss us. It's time to get back to doing what we need to do. Yeah, it's your girl Ali Nicole. It's your boy C Diddy. We are out of here. Peace. Yo, I'm about to take a chance, yo. Blindfolded with the free throw. 
Little mama playing a defense. Two seconds on the clock, I'm gone. Score. About to show, about to show, about to show my shot. Yo.